Welcome to the Messenger Podcast. I'm your host this week, Alan Nigren. I'm the creative director here at Messenger International. And the purpose of this podcast is to help develop you as an uncompromising follower of Christ. I am joined in the studio today with one of my favorite people. And he's, he's my favorite because he's on my team, but he's one of my favorite anyway. Uh, Edward Young Lee is here with me. How you doing, Edward? Yeah, hey, I'm doing really good. It's such an honor to be here with you. Tell, tell our audience a little bit about uh, what your role here is at Messenger International. Sure. I get to work uh, for the amazing Alan and the creative team. And our vision is to create sort of uh, creative and powerful and emotional and just, um, you know, really divine, I guess, stories through films and documentaries and be able to capture the messages that John and Lisa are stewarding into visual and audio form. Yeah, and it's an it's, honestly, it's an honor. Uh, God really brought Edward to our team. Like, I, we always think that uh, you know people just figure out applications and are just looking for work, but um, Edward was a divine appointment where he uh, got connected with us in amazing ways, and yeah. he's going to share a little bit of that story during his message. So I won't like steal the thunder, <laughs> but we just recently wrapped up some uh, amazing short films. It was a, a really busy season yeah. for our team, and yeah. especially for Edward, as he was an integral part. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're covering a topic today mm -hmm. that actually those short films were helping to support, which is uh, authority. That's right. And uh, so we wrapped up some of those short films um, for the course and the uh, the study to come. Yeah. Uh, we'll put some links to the in the uh, description for those short films, but we'd love for you to check them out. Which one was your favorite of the three? Oh, King's Decree. So, far. so we had King's Decree, yep. uh, which was just give a quick little snippet. Sure, about it. it's it's a story about uh, uh, basically the message is that the kingdom of God is not a democracy, and so we try to sort of create this situation where a millennial brings this democratic mentality into a kingdom setting and just show the discrepancy that exists, and ha and the kind of the humor and the and the power that unfolds because of that. Yeah, and then we had uh, one called Final Stretch, mm -hmm. and uh, and then what was our third one? Frankly Speaking That's right. was the other one. Yeah. So two FSs. That's uh, right. It's a you, lot of fun. So you picked King's Decree as your favorite. Which was your least favorite? Ooh. <laughs> I know it's like ch picking children, it's and uh, you're not really going to say it. No, yeah. they're all awesome. We will put links, um, and they're yeah. also available in the Undercover course. Yeah. Um, which uh, we'd love for you to to, uh, to get a part of. Um, I guess I'm supposed to do this at the end, but I'm going to do it right now mm -hmm. since it seems like a good segue. Sure. So messengercourses.com, you can find out more about the undercover course that was recently released, and those short films are also in that. Um, right. So we're excited today to have a conversation around authority. Mm -hmm. And uh, Edward's message, Waking Up Church, is a powerful call to the body of Christ to respond to authority and to, to learn how to, to navigate authority. And so we'd love for you to check it out. We'll be back after the break to have a quick discussion. Enjoy. For me, this is kind of the first time speaking in a context or a setting like this. You know, I'm so used, I came from the political world. And so for me to come and speak in a ministry or a church is very new to me, so I'm both honored, but at the same time also terrified uh, because I know the weight and the, the kind of importance of a message like this. And so I want to start with kind of a short story. Um, it was a couple months ago, we were in Asia and we were in Myanmar and, you know, John and Lisa were there to uh, host the conference and it was the second day, actually, we, after, after we were in Thailand, we went to Myanmar. The second day we were there, I woke up um, around 6.30 in the morning, and I'm not sure about you, but the first thing I usually do is grab my phone. My wife was in Singapore at the time, so I 
kind of opened up the text message window to send her a message uh, just to tell her that I loved her. And turns out there was a message sent from my phone to hers. And I don't know about you, I know God speaks to us in so many different ways. He's spoken through a donkey. He's spoken through a still small voice. He's speak, spoken to us through the Bible. But I've never heard God speak to me in a, in a form like this. And it was through a text message from my phone to Jan's. I never sent it. It was three peculiar, weird words that I would have never thought to ever send my wife. It's a message that goes like this. Waking up church. Sent at 5.30 in the morning before I woke up. And for, for the longest time I sat there and I just racked my brain. I don't remember waking up that early. I don't ever wake up that early. And for me to send a message like that was just so bizarre. And I wanted to share that story because I believe that that message is not just for me, it's for every one of you today. And I believe it's tied directly with this message of undercover. You know, in fact, I actually turned over, I turned to, to Matt and to Joel at the time, and I said, you know, you guys, there's like a small chance I thought maybe they had somehow broken into my phone <laughs> at 5 in the morning, sent a message to my wife saying this. I said, you guys don't happen to remember sending something like this to Jan, do you? And obviously they denied it completely. And then they said, maybe, I think it was Matt who said to me, maybe this is one of those moments where God is trying to speak to you, waking up church. And so the message I want to share is about undercover and the direct authority of God. And I believe that God is waking up the church in this time for a message like this, to submit to the authority of God. I don't think there's a more important time or moment than this to speak on this undercover message tied with the Killing Kryptonite message. I think there's such a power and anointing for a time like this. Before I go into that, I want to share a little bit about my story. You see, I think it's a kind of an interesting irony that they would ask me to share on this topic because for my whole life, I didn't live undercover. In fact, I, lived, I think we all live undercover, but we all live undercover of different things. And for me, I submitted to the authority of the world. You see, my whole life, uh, I wanted to make something of myself. I was so hungry for significance. I wanted to have meaning in this world. And so for the longest time, um, it was academic success that drove me. It was everything that I idolized. And as a kid, all I did was study. I missed my high school prom to study for the, for the AP exams. And lo and behold, I was able to get into Harvard University, one of the most prestigious universities in the world. After that, I was able to work for Barack Obama as an intern and then later as a videographer, worked over at the U.S. Department of Education, and finally at the White House as the um, Associate Director for Asian American and Pacific Islander Outreach. After that, I left that job to start a YouTube channel, and we made short films and documentaries about doing good in the world, sex trafficking, global poverty, things like that. And over time, our YouTube channel started to blow up, and today we have close to one million subscribers. And the reality is, in each of these areas, academic success, you know, power, social fame, things like that, I've reached kind of like the pinnacle of each area, each realm. But what I came to realize was something that I was too ashamed to tell the world, something too bizarre that the world could hardly even fathom. And that was that even though I had reached the peak of success in each of these areas, I looked inside myself and I found that I was empty. I was tired. I was exhausted. And so in my exhaustion and my hunger for something more, I didn't turn to God, even though I was going to church. I turned to the sins of the world. It started off with alcohol, 
getting drunk on weekends, going to church on Sunday mornings, hungover, turned into pornography. For 12 years, I was a slave to pornography. Couldn't get out. I had no power to break it off of my life. After that, it was sexual, sexual activity. One night stands, hooking up with girls, waking up in the mornings, waking up to a girl that I, I didn't even know who she was. I didn't know her name. Dozens and dozens of stories like this throughout the 10 years where I was lost. And, and no matter how much I was hungry, there was nothing, nothing in this world that could possibly fill that gap in my heart for something more. I wanted to be filled. I wanted to be full. I wanted to find joy. Deep down inside, I needed the covering of God. But I sought the authority and the power of this world, and it was simply unsatisfying. See, John, in this book, you know, he often, he talks very extensively about those who are deceived. He says in James 1.22, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, otherwise you are deceiving yourself. This is God, actually, not John. But he's saying that sometimes we could hear the word of God, we could go to a church, we could hear sermon after sermon, and turn around and do the very opposite thing, being blind to the reality that sin and darkness has so taken over our lives. That was me for the longest time, ever since I was, as long as I can remember, I was going to church on Sunday mornings. I was serving on the worship team. I went on mission trips. And yet, I turn around on weekdays and do all these things of this world. I was deceived. I was lawless. I wasn't under the covering of God. And for the longest time, I justified it by saying, everyone else is doing it. You know, I was justifying it by saying that God's grace will cover me. He still loves me. I'm a child of God. Each of these instances, I kept on coming back to, the, to this idea, this sort of deception, that no matter what I do in this world, God will love me and he'll take care of it. But in the reality, inside I was dying. It says, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, and I was dying every single day. I was exhausted and I was suffocating. I, was, I felt like I was in this deep depression where the only thing I wanted to do when I went to sleep at night was cry out to God and say, you don't have to wake me up. You don't have to wake me up because all I want to do is just hide in the covers of my bed. I didn't want to wake up. And when I did wake up, I was so angry at God for even giving me another day. I didn't want to have the promises or the, or, or the joys in the world because I didn't think it was given to me. I, think, I didn't think it was promised to me. And so right then and there, during that season of my life, I hit the rock bottom of hopelessness. I became an emotional mess. I was just, uh, I was lashing out at people. And I, I was just lost and I had no other way to turn but just to surrender it all. And it was during that time that God sent an angel into my life. You see, she was from Singapore. She had this interesting uh, Australian, British, uh, Singaporean accent. And for some reason or another, she stood out to me. She was intriguing. She caught my eye. And it was her that actually started to show me what it meant to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. For the longest time, I heard about the Holy Spirit. I knew the Holy Spirit, but I, I didn't know the Holy Spirit, if you know what I mean. And it was her that in the early years of, uh, of our relationship, of our friendship, that she started to call out the sins of my life. And she told me that this is not how a follower of Jesus is to live his, his or her life. In that moment, she told, me who, she told me that about the Holy Spirit. She told me about this man in Colorado Springs who wrote a whole book about it, made a whole course about it. And I started to dig into this power and this presence of God that I had never felt before in my life because I, I saw the joy that existed in her life. I saw the power that was there and I realized that inside my own life I couldn't find that or feel that. And so it was one day, one weekend, we went up to a little church in Redding, California called Bethel 
I went to a worship service afterwards I got prayed for, and I felt the presence of God sweep across my body. I fell on the ground, and I felt the weight of sin and the, and the, and the darkness come up off me. And it was the peace and joy of the Lord that was in that room. And for the first time, I felt real. I felt, I felt power. You see, my whole life, I thought that when I got to the height of success or power, then I would feel that joy. You see, I was so proud of the fact that the President of the United States knew who I was. He knew my name. But in that instance, I realized God speaking over my life, and he was telling me, I know your name. I'm the creator of all the universe. I created you in your mother's room. I have a design for your life. I've given you a destiny. I've given you a mission here on this earth. You see, when we're under the covering of God, we often like to think that we're limited. He's taken away our freedoms. He's taken away our ability to control our own lives. But the reality is, there's no freedom in being free from the authority of God. I believe that this message is so important for a day like today. Because it's the authority of God, submitting under Him, that gives us the greatest freedom, joy, and power. So going back to this message, waking up church. I believe that in this day and age, the greatest schemes of the enemy, he can't take away our salvation. He can't take away our destiny. But one thing that he tries to do and he can do is to lull the church to sleep. Too often we fall into the temptations, the distractions, the sins and lusts of this, of this world. That's the way that he schemes. He tries to steal, kill, and destroy the church. Too often we like to stay within the comforts of our boat and the sins that we have rather than stepping out on water. Too often we like to stay in the comforts of the shepherd field while a giant out there he calls our name. Too often we like to bow down to idols in this world rather than step into the furnace that's in front of us knowing that God will protect us when we're under his covering. Too often we like to stay in the comforts of the garden falling asleep instead of waking up and picking up the cross. You see, Jesus, when he was in the garden, he was praying and pleading before the Lord in the night before he was crucified. And while he was praying, the disciples were, on, uh, were kind of a distance away and they fell asleep. And when he came back and he saw his disciples sleeping, he could have easily said, you know what, guys, you've had a long day. It's okay for you to get a little bit of rest. You know, it could have been easy for him to say, you've had a long three years of ministry. It's okay to get a little bit of rest, sleep a little longer. You know, I know that there's a lot of things, trials and tribulations still to come, but it's okay to get a little bit of rest so you can escape the pain that you're about to experience. But that's not our Lord Jesus Christ. He said in that moment, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus' message to the disciples in that moment wasn't sleep a little longer. It was to wake up. It was to watch and pray. You see, that word wake up is actually the word Gregorio in the Greek, and it means to rouse a person out of sleep. But I don't think Jesus was just talking about waking them up in that moment. He was talking about something deeper, something more spiritual, something more than that. You see, there's more definitions to this word, and that is to be vigilant, to keep watch. See, God, Jesus, Jesus knew in that moment that there was one of the greatest miracles ever to happen on the earth that was about to happen. He also knew that there was going to be 
a time when these disciples would be sent out into the nations from Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That they would be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they could go out and preach the gospel to everyone that needs to hear it. You see, Jesus Christ knew in that moment that they were being prepared. They were being built up so that they could be the vessels of Jesus Christ to the ends of this earth. So his message wasn't to keep on sleeping. It was to wake up, to stay vigilant, to keep watch and pray. Today we're in a similar moment like that one, where we're about to see the greatest move of God in history. And along with that, we're about to see the enemy, we're seeing the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. I believe that this message is so important to Messenger International because we have a calling on this ministry to have power to preach the gospel, to see people who are in bondage become free. And so as the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy the message, the, the identity that's spoken over this ministry today is to be watchmen on the walls. You see Isaiah 62, 6 puts it like this, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest. In Ezekiel 3.17, it says it like this, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. And finally, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 2 through 6, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers and sisters. For that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are a children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Each of you have been brought here to wake up the sons and daughters around the world. The destiny of this ministry is far too valuable for us to shortchange it, to sleep, to fall asleep in that mission. And God is going to reach the nations through this ministry in ways we have never imagined before. This is a moment that we need to press in, not fall back, to wake up, not fall asleep. Because God is calling on the church to wake up. So put on your armor, pick up your sword, and stand strong at the walls, for the bridegroom is near, and he's coming back for our church who will stay vigilant in her calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, Edward, amazing message. Like, honestly, and I know you, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be humble and you'll say it was, it was all God, but honestly, like, the, the anointing and the passion on that message, um, wow, I mean, honestly. You're, you're, the, the thing that really stuck out to me um, is there's no freedom from being free from the authority of God. Can you expound a little bit more on that? I, I mean, that was such a powerful statement. Absolutely. You know, I think, especially as young people, you start to, to think that when you're free from any authority, when you're able to dictate your own life, when you can choose whatever you want to do, not have to report to a boss, not have to report to a divine authority, then there is such liberty and there's going to be peace and there's going to be joy and there's going to be happiness there. And, you know, I, that's the mentality that I lived under for most of my life. But what I found was that the more... Um, kind of rogue or more, the more rebellious I lived my life, the more empty I became. And it was such a, such a contradiction for me. It's, it's something that I couldn't, this tension that I couldn't quite um, reconcile with, which is that how come 
I'm living such a such a free life where I could do whatever I want. I could pursue my own dreams. And, and to the world, you were looking successful. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you were in the White House. I mean, all these you know things that that the world would tap as being like, oh yeah, wow, a success. But right. inside, you were you were was, literally dying. I was literally. Yeah, that's right. And you know, it's interesting you say that because in the Bible, Jesus when he when I, I just kind of saw this recently where he calls the the girl who was dead to come alive. He, he specifically tells her to wake up, you know, that she's just mm-hmm. sleeping. And I think that, you know, what Jesus is really saying is that waking up is actually synonymous with coming alive. And I think that that's, good. that's really kind of the, the heart behind this message was that I felt like for so long, even though I was living um, so free from the authority of God, I was dead inside. And I couldn't quite humble myself to come to the point where, you know, I, I had to recognize that and, and admit that I was dead inside. And for me, everything changed when I understood the authority of God. You know, and I think there's something powerful. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been reading a book on waking on, uh, actually on sleep. Mm. And uh, what's interesting to me is there's, there's such spiritual, um, almost implications, uh, from the science aspect of sleep mm-hmm. where it's not even, uh, so your call to wake up church. Like I almost think mm. yeah, yeah, there's people who are, are in sin, who are rebelling against authority, but there's also those of us who maybe have just fallen asleep mm-hmm. and are just kind of are, are in that state where, um, we're about ready to wake up. Right. right. And, uh, some of the amazing science of, of how your, your brain regenerates and how your body regenerates while you sleep. Like, yeah. I, I feel like the church is on the cusp of that. Wow. Like yeah. we are, uh, like those of us who have kind of been, uh, lay people, if you will, uh, right. you know, asleep, you right. know, like God has been still doing things in our lives as right. we've been getting closer to him, but he's about ready to say, you know, wake up, That's right. wake up. Yeah. And it's time to put those things into action. Absolutely. And you know, I think when, sometimes when we're falling asleep or when we're you know, about to take a nap, you don't even realize that you're going into that state of mind. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just a very gradual process. And I think that's the same way with sin and and living in this world. Sometimes you don't even realize that there's sins that are seeping in, or you start to realize that there's parts of your walk with God that you're becoming lazy, or there's parts where you're just sort of of not being vigilant in. And I think it's the same way that when we don't kind of keep ourselves um, sharp and keep ourselves vigilant and keep ourselves in the word and keep ourselves going back to God. That's so easy to fall into that state of mind where you're right. Like where we do fall into this, mm-hmm. f- this slumber, so yeah. to speak. So, I mean, you mentioned being in the word of God and being mm-hmm. close to God. Um, what are some other practical ways that, that, that we as believers can avoid being as- asleep? If sure. you will. Sure. I think, uh, the first thing is to surround yourself with people who are truth tellers. You know, for me, that was, that was Jan, you know, when she came into my life, you know, even on our first dates, the thing that really made her stand out was the fact that she was really calling out sin in my life, you know, where she saw my lifestyle of going to church on Sundays, but then, you know, getting drunk on weekends and and living a lifestyle of promiscuity, you know, the way that I treated women, all these things, you know, was really a red flag to her. And she had the audacity to really speak truth into my life in a way that I never experienced before, even though I was going to church most of my life. And so I think the first thing that, that we can all do is surround ourselves with people who love us enough who and, and humble ourselves enough to be able to receive truth because that's the most you know loving thing you can you do to someone that's actually going the, the wrong path is to actually sit them down and, and love them enough to be able to speak truth into their life and wake them up. So for me, that was probably the first practical, practical thing. And, and I think the second thing is, is to really fall in love with the word, word of God. You know, I think that when we are so vigilant and we just have this passion for truth, you know, that, that truth will come alive in us and it will really start to blossom into something that's that to, to allow God to, to bring the dreams and the visions in your life to come alive. Mm. 
That's so. good. Yeah, falling in love with the truth. Yeah. The truth, I mean, it's, it's feasting on the truth, you know, and I feel like um, we hunger for what we feed on. Is mm-hmm. I, I think I think John Bevere coined that phrase, we hunger right. for what we feed on. Right. And as we begin to feed on the word of God, we hunger for more of it. That's right. And it's like a, it's an amazing experience where we, we keep going deeper and deeper and there's more depth That's all right. the time. That's you know, right. Like, I love that. That's right. It's been awesome having you today. Thank you. You know what? You know what I think is going to be really interesting is I think there's some Apple engineer out there who saw that text go from your your phone. Like yeah. I'm curious what actually it shows on their logs as who the heck that 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 text came from. I I'm very curious as well. I you know to this day I still go back to that. I'm just thinking, you know, I, there's a part of you that thinks okay maybe I was trying to message something and then it there's an autocorrect or, you know, there's something that kind of happened, but you know, for, for, for the life of me, I can't, can't quite wrap myself around that, that specific wording. And I really do. When I look back at it, I just have to kind of throw my my hands in the air and say, there must be a God element to it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. So, uh, where can people get connected with you? Sure. Um, Instagram, uh, follow me at Edward Young Lee. Um, and you know, that's, that's the best way to stay in touch. I'd love to hear more from folks that are out there. Awesome. Well, we love you. Uh, we love this message. I believe that the church is going to wake up Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's time for the church to wake up and be the church. That's right. It is. It really is. And, you know, I think we're living in a very important moment right now where, um, you know, God is preparing his church to be that army of watchmen. And so I believe that when we're able to step into that, then we can really show the world what it looks like to be a, a beacon of hope to the rest of the world. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, We love hearing from you. So head on over to iTunes. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe. If you are a subscriber, go ahead and leave us a review. We love to hear what you guys are thinking. We love to hear what topics you would like for us to cover uh, in a future episode. And uh, ultimately, we just want to hear from you. We want to serve you. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Until next time. Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.